I have the absolute pleasure of introducing Dr. Maya Rose Craig, also known as Bird Girl. She's an 18-year-old ornithologist from the UK, environmental activist and founder of Black to Nature. She educates organisations and communities on the lack of diversity in nature and the nature industry. Earlier this year, she became the youngest person to receive an honorary doctorate in science from the University of Bristol. In this interview, we discuss the impact of climate change and environmental issues that young people face, campaigning, and what you can do to help bring about change. It's lovely to meet you, Maya. Thank you for joining me. Um, So you grew up surrounded by nature and what sparked your interest in birdwatching? Um, I always find that a really difficult question to answer just because, um, yeah, I live in a very rural area, but my parents were also massive bird watchers. So I've been going out into nature since I was a baby, really. And it's always been a really massive part of my life because of that. And I actually think the reason that I started doing, um, I suppose, diversity work that I do was partially because nature had been such a massive part of my own life and I wanted to share that with other people mm. yeah I mean same for me I just can't imagine not being around nature to be honest with you um, mm. yeah it's once you've been brought up around that area it's hard to not be around it isn't it um mm. so why is Absolutely. um why is conservation um of wildlife so important to all of us what what do you think the answer is for that I think Sorry, it's just because I, I see us, everything on earth is one thing, one living organism, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I agree with that. But I think, um, I guess from my perspective, to an extent, the reason that conservation is so important is very basic. And that's literally just the fact that um, our, our planet's dying at the moment, essentially. Um, it's, it's dying, we're running out of biodiversity we're running out of habitat and animal species um and every bit of conservation that we can do is so important to try and slow at least slow down that process but hopefully at some point in the future draw it to a complete stop and start pushing in the other direction and start uh rehabilitating the planet and building back a better one mm, yeah agree um so when you were 14 Uh, You set up your company, Black to Nature, um, which is an organisation that focuses on them. You're supporting visible minority ethnic communities um, and campaigning for equal access to nature. Um, Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, so I touched on this a a little bit earlier, but um, essentially there's a massive issue in terms of biodiversity in the types of people going out into the countryside, the types of people working in the nature sector, and the types of people engaging in the environmental movement. And um, so when I was 13, I started a a grassroots project, which was essentially just a set of nature camps where I was focusing on making sure that VME or visually minority ethnic Uh, kids and teenagers were definitely coming out to these camps because I wanted to make sure that I was engaging with these communities but I guess the more I researched and dug into the issue the the worse it was Um, 
because at this point there wasn't any research or anything that only happened the, a year or two afterwards mm. um but it's now been shown that less than 0.6 percent of the nature sector is minority ethnic which is really shocking um but but so for me there's a few different reasons why i think that engaging um these communities is really important like partially like i'm half bangladeshi myself um and my mum was literally the only bangla person i knew <laughs> that was also interested in nature and again i just found it really upsetting that people weren't having that opportunity um what, I what feel like, do you think that is as well is it a cultural thing or is it um just because they they they're not being included in that um um if I'm going to be honest, it's very complicated, which I will probably, I'll list some things for you in a second, because one of the reasons it's such a difficult issue is because there isn't really any one problem or any one solution. Mm. Um, so another reason I think it's really important is for the sake of the communities that we're working with. I think it's so important to give people that opportunity to engage with nature for, you know, their mental and physical health, their well-being. Um, but I also think it's really important just because, um, you know, I, th I think the environmental movement is more essential than ever because of all of the issues that we've got going on in the planet. And the fact that lots of our minority ethnic communities just aren't engaging with that or e don't even have an understanding of that a lot of the time is really shocking. And I genuinely believe that, um, you know, we have to engage with everyone to make sure that the movement is sustainable and it's working properly. Mm -hmm. well yeah working properly um yeah and to answer your question um there are a lot of different barriers as to why minority ethnic communities aren't engaging with nature um and this is very much like in the uk so it's an issue in a lot of western countries um but the barriers change a lot um so in the uk um it is a really large range so you have uh, relatively small fixable issues but are difficult just because a lot of people aren't aware of them so the ones I talk about a lot are the fact that a lot of people in these communities have a very cultural fear of dogs and don't want to go anywhere near spaces where they think there might be dogs um, because they're just very afraid of them um, so like example a lot of my family is very scared of dogs and wouldn't want to go anywhere near a park or I don't know, go on a walk in the countryside because they're worried that people might be walking around with their dogs. Um, a lot of people, especially elders in these communities, um, don't really have suitable clothes or footwear for properly going out into the countryside, into nature. Um, like I know a lot of my like aunties and stuff like that, they're still wearing like saris and things which is fine because their heating's always up very high in their houses <laughs> but obviously they're, they're freezing cold when they go outside um but there's also a lot of much more structural structural issues that are a lot more difficult to combat um so um for example when talking to a lot of mums especially from so, uh, like a few of the communities that this was especially strong um, they didn't want their kids hanging out with in parks with other kids because they were worried that either they were going to be getting involved in gangs or that they would be profiled as being getting involved in gangs. Oh, wow. um, so they didn't want their kids hanging out in those spaces. Um, a lot of people 
felt like the countryside was very um, white and elitist and like they wouldn't be welcome there. And so they didn't want to be like try and venture out um, into a space where they just felt like they were very, um, yeah, alien and unwelcome. Um, and there's also a lot of issues where people don't really know about jobs in the nature sector and so aren't trying to work their way up into them because there isn't there's sort of a lack of communication between the sector and the people they're trying to engage with but mm -hmm. so yeah basically long story short it's a very complicated issue there's a lot of different issues going on um and yeah we're, we're trying to evolve to the point where we can start um i suppose working with people on a much larger scale mm -hmm. yeah I, I didn't realize it was that that complicated to be honest with you it's because <laughs> i'm obviously very sheltered in my environment you know so unless you actually hear it from someone like yourself you, you're not aware of that situation so it's great that what you're doing is in educating people like myself as well including on those issues i suppose um do you feel um that young people are given the right information and support um to deal with the mounting environmental problems that they're going to face you know are they is it education in schools all of that kind of thing do you think that this um, is something that needs to be to be looked into properly um i mean as a young person i'm like slightly conflicted about that question in the first place just because i think like so even com like i'm 18 and even compared to a lot of young people i have been doing stuff for quite a long time i've been doing stuff since i was about 11 and i think with every year that goes by i'm angrier and angrier um at the whole situation at the things that i'm having to deal with and i sort of wonder what my life would have been like if i hadn't spent all of my teen years fighting for a planet that wasn't dying mm. um and so i sometimes i get very angry at the fact that it's fallen back onto young people to try and solve all of these massive issues when it's not our fault and it shouldn't be our responsibility Mm -hmm. um, but I also, yeah, in terms of your question, I don't think that young people are particularly given the resources to um, fight our, invent uh, our environmental problems. But I think in general, young people aren't really given the resources to flex their voices and to really assert themselves, um, whether it is about environmental issues or other social issues or um, anything really. And I feel like... Um, you know there's quite often pushback when young people are trying to assert themselves when like technically we live in a democracy and everyone's voice should count whether they can vote or not um and i think that people really don't enjoy listening to young people um but i think in terms of tools to deal with our, our environmental emergency i think for the most part or in terms of the young people that i've come into contact with even though a lot of them do have their own ideas or plans on how we could deal with the environmental crisis. I think for the most part, they have a very similar anger. And so it's much more about um, making sure that environmental issues stay on the forefront. And, um, you know, that I suppose they are a priority and leaving it to politicians and world leaders and people in charge mm -hmm. to come up with the solutions and fix them. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, I've heard people my age group saying oh well they're influenced by their parents you know and that's their parents talking and they don't really understand what they're talking about when you know you, you do talk about people like Greta and things like that and they don't 
agree that she's actually, um, you know, really looked into it and has a real clear understanding of it and that kind of thing, um, mm. which, you know, I find quite sad. And I think that's why I think it's a great opportunity to speak to yourself right now, because you obviously know so much more than me <laughs> about it, you know. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, though, Justin, like, so I've been doing a project where I've been interviewing loads of young activists from around the world. And I've been asking them, all of them, like what got them involved. And every single one of them, a lot of the time, one of the most difficult things on their journey has been convincing their parents to let them be an environmental activist, convincing their parents to let them try and do something to fix the problem, which I think is very different from a lot of people's assumptions about young environmental activists so I found that very very interesting personally my parents um probably have influenced me a lot because they're amazing environmentalists and they're incredibly supportive but yeah yeah they are aren't they that's amazing um so I was going to ask you actually what frustrates you the most about um how big uh, how governments and big businesses are dealing with climate change um you know are that they're not are they actually really dealing with it especially at the moment with covid um, taking centre stage um, and it seems that it's kind of been put on the back burner almost mm. yeah I think for me like what well, for me one of the main reasons that I am always very frustrated with this entire situation is just the fact that we have I suppose the technology and the solutions to fix all of the problems that we're dealing with now and we could have fixed them a long time or at least started to fix them a long long time ago now mm. um but in and we wouldn't be dealing with all of the things that we're dealing today including arguably coronavirus although i'm not sure if i agree with that um and so i think for me the thing that frustrates me the most is the fact that everything is constantly prioritized over environmental issues um, especially money in the economy mm. and um for, for me i mean for one as a young person it's um just endlessly up upsetting i suppose to watch people who are older than you who aren't going to have to deal with the consequences um i guess almost melting your future down the drain you know you can i can see it like I suppose getting lost before my eyes. Um, they're not but I think change, are they? Really, a lot of no. And that's the thing. I think there's so many issues to do with that. Um, sorry. So, for example, like in the UK specifically, um, I think there's two issues, and that's one that our government is constantly thinking about the future in terms of the next five years, the next five years, the next five years, because that those are the action cycles and anything more long term than that is seen as like slightly like why why are you doing that what about the next election what about people how people think of us in five years time um but i think also um our current government at least um despite i i find this bizarre that um environmental issues have been politicized in that way and that it's turned into a left and right issue when it's much more an issue of survival um but our current government um just can't or doesn't really do anything about environmental issues because it sort of goes against their more right-leaning um, policies despite having conservatives uh, like being called the conservatives they have conservation in their title and I personally think that should include the conservation of our environment but yeah 
and 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 the UK is supposedly leading the world on on climate change as well, um, on changing um, policies and things like that. But obviously, we haven't really seen much change since they announced that. So um, that's mm -hmm. really frustrating as well, I'm sure. Um, so you're um, a female activist and you're dealing with two of the biggest issues that we're currently facing. So it's educating people about environment and um, also fighting racism. Um, and they're both quite controversial subjects. And um, Greta got a lot of backlash, especially from some of the biggest political leaders in the world. Um, do you find that you get a lot of backlash from people on social media and things like that? I mean, yeah, sometimes. I'm very lucky because I've managed to create a sort of circle for myself of people who are very supportive online. And I do think that's incredibly important. Mm. But, I, and, but I've always gotten a lot of backlash, less so for my climate change stuff. That's just more the usual internet, whatever that you get when you talk about anything. Um, but in terms of my diversity work, I've always gotten a lot of... Um, flack for that especially when I was younger actually I think that that's something that people have accepted much more for the most part that is an issue now but when I started talking about this stuff um, I think it made a lot of people extremely uncomfortable and it made a lot of people very angry that I was accusing, accusing these very um, liberal circles of people as being discriminatory or systematically racist and I think at the time I accepted that and it's much more upsetting for me looking back and being like who was like trying to bully a 14 year old on twitter like who does that um no, it's really yeah I've, I've got stuff but i think for me like it doesn't actually bother me really um and i think like i said it is it is just part of having a voice on the internet yeah yeah well i think it's really unfair people to speak to 14 year old girl <laughs> like that as well to be honest with you um but anyway, uh, you held the most northerly climate strike in September. Can you tell us a bit more about that? I can. So that was probably the most exciting thing I've ever done, in my opinion. Um, and it was essentially, so Greenpeace was doing, was sending a research ship up to the Arctic for during the sea ice minimum, which um, is the point in the year where the Arctic's the smallest and they use it to monitor the effects of climate change. And this was the second worst ever, um, but much almost more significantly was that it was, there was a very, very clear pattern from the last at least decade, I think longer of the Arctic getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and I ended up being invited on this trip and I realized that it coincided with Greta's big day of climate action in September, the big global day. And I just, felt like it was the perfect opportunity to go out onto the ice and really I suppose try and make a statement about climate change and I suppose convey all of the all of the frustration and anger that we've been talking about today um, into like some pictures and I just thought that I could like you know share them on Twitter and stuff and it went crazy in a way that I never expected but it, it was very exciting for me not just because like it had people talking about climate change and the issues that we're dealing now who never would have talked about it otherwise and that's always what the goal of the stuff I do is really yeah I mean it's the Arctic's pretty magical place anyway isn't it so 
And it's just, yeah. <laughs> and actually doing that must have been quite incredible. And what were they doing on them on Greenpeace ship? Was it scientific scientific expeditions? Um, um, yeah. Well, well, a bit of both. So they were going up for sea ice minimum, but they were also going up to do sampling, basically. Um, all sorts of types though I they let me help on one that was like the least difficult of them where it was basically just collecting seawater in a bottle from like an uncontaminated patch of sea but they go back and they um study that for having microfibers in and stuff like that and basically just seeing how badly contaminated the arctic is from all of our pollution um yeah scary 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 stuff. stuff Um, yeah, so was, your parents, as you said, have supported you and influenced you in everything that you've done. And um, what advice would you give to girls who are not in quite the same position as yourself um, and they want to get involved in nature and environmental projects and movements? Yeah, so I, like, like I said, I'm very lucky, but I do know a lot of people whose parents aren't quite as brilliant. Um, in, t- in terms of that I mean and I think um, like if you don't have that support there's so many very low level ways to sort of try out this sort of thing um, so I think for example joining the Fridays for Future movement is brilliant just because there is a, a formula that you can copy when you set up the group when you organize the protest and it makes your life much easier for you and you have this pre-built community of people that also care about things that you do there's Mm. like uh, talking to people online and forming a community that way of people who care about the same issues again is really incredibly um supportive and I think you know it doesn't have to be your parents it can be anyone to help to help you when it gets a bit difficult um but in terms of actually doing stuff I definitely like I always say um literally just going out and doing and trying things out is always the best thing to do like when I started out doing my work um I had literally no idea what I was doing um it was all a learning curve I panicked a lot it felt like it was all a disaster sometimes but it wasn't um and I think it was that trial and error but just trying and trying and trying um was so important and that's the best thing really no matter the issue that you're trying to help with that's why you learn so much more as well don't you by actually doing it so that that makes a big difference yeah Um, so uh what small changes um can people make to their lives which can make the biggest impact for the environment do you think is it like planting a tree in the garden or growing the grass super long and that kind of thing um yeah I mean there's all sorts um I mean personally I think that the things that individuals do is much more important in terms of like environmental issues like biodiversity loss and things like that Uh, while in terms of climate change um to an extent like the small actions that you do are much more important in terms of doing the right thing um rather than necessarily being the most impactful because you know we you have a few companies and corporations that are causing 70 percent of um the climate change that we're experiencing today it's very much a systemic issue and um you know there is a very purposeful narrative to try and make people feel like 
if they don't cycle to school that one time, they're the people that are solely causing climate change, you know. Um, but in terms of um, things you can do, I think the one that you mentioned there, so like making the green spaces that you have control over, like your gardens and things like that, that little bit more wild and making them, you know, just somewhere that's friendly and accessible for nature is so important in a country that's so nature depleted. I think um, having those tricky conversations with people is really important sometimes to try and educate. Um, I think thinking about your meat consumption and things like that, like you don't have to become vegetarian or vegan, but shopping a bit more local or eating a bit less meat every week it, it is important. Um, you know, there's lots of things like that, but I think also making sure that you have a very strong voice and that is being heard. So signing petitions, going to protests, things like that are also incredibly, incredibly important. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and if you have um, one piece of advice you'd like to give to teen girls around the world, what would that be? I guess I'd say... Um, it is depressing, um, but it is going to be harder for you if you are a teenage girl. Um, like it is, that's is is a very it's very sad, but it is true. People have very little respect for girls our age for some like unspecified, unsolved reason, really. Um, and so, for me, I think my advice would be. Um, even in the face of adversity, when people are being like cynical or patronizing or whatever, you just have to be really strong and make sure that your voice is being heard and make sure that you don't give up, that you carry on pushing forward because it matters in the end. It does make a difference. And it's so important that you don't lose your voice just because people are trying to um, muffle it, I guess. Yeah. Great. And then if, um, if you're, are you planning more camps next year for Black to Nature and how can people get in contact with you and um, join your camps and things like, and, and follow you online and things like that? Um, I think people can just follow me online. I think I'm at Bird Girl UK on everything, um, but very exciting. Black to Nature now has their own Instagram and Twitter accounts, which are just official Black to Nature. Um, and we're we're always very excited whenever anyone wants to get involved, really. Um, so always feel free to drop a DM or whatever. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much for your time. I think we're up now, um, but I really appreciate that. Um, also, it was an interesting question. Thank you for asking me. Oh, well, um, it's so nice to meet you. And hopefully, um, well, good luck with everything that you're doing. And I think you're doing an amazing job. And I've sent your details to all my friends who are bird watchers <laughs> they didn't know about you before now they're following you so that's all good anyway thank you very much